0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of CMA Podcast. How is everybody doing? Back once again with the Burt Locker host, Mr. Burt Green. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm very well. I'm now two beers in. Uh, feeling pretty good. Feeling loose.
0: There you go, feeling man. Like absolutely. Two beers in myself. This is take feeling two. Like
1: feeling like I've warmed up. There you
0: go, man. I fucked up. Ready
1: for some torpedo shots.
0: (laughs) Don't steal my line, motherfucker. That was for me. (laughs) God damn it. So in full disclosure, people, this is take two. Uh, There was technical issues for take one. I fucked up. I promise not to do it again. And here we are, Bert. It is an absolute pleasure to talk to you for the third time on this podcast. Welcome back.
1: It It is good to be here. Well, fourth time
0: all right okay you're gonna hit me with that well this is number four then but no one else will hear the third one then if that's the case
1: it's a shame i can't believe how often you are agreeing that dana white is a saint and is it is quite frankly overpaying all of the fighters
0: there you go so we'll segue into that i love dana white apparently and we're going to talk today about money man fight or pay the controversial topic of the uh, of the ufc polarizing this week because of what's happening with the heavyweight fight happening tonight bert is recorded on a tuesday uh, tonight is saturday so it's the fight night uh, do you have any advice for your future self
1: my future self um do the opposite of my bets because generally speaking my bets are pretty terrible lately except from on the nfl the nfl you should definitely go with me on those because I was a few hundred up this weekend, so I was pretty happy with that. But
0: I love hearing your, hit, your terrible it. bets, man. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah, they are terrible. I mean, like, <laughs> that was so bad. Yeah. Charles Rose, my knockout. What was I thinking? <laughs> what, there you go. what was I thinking?
0: I don't yeah. know, man. I, mean, I
1: don't call them good bets.
0: Well, I mean... Oh, oh. I I assumed Ronda Rousey would beat Holly Holm in uh, Australia. I assumed that Cyborg would beat Amanda Nunes. I assumed that um, what was the other one? The big shocker, the Venezuela vixen. Uh, she oh, beat Amanda um, yeah, Nunes.
1: Amanda Nunes. yeah, that was, that was crazy. I, don't
0: uh, I was on my podcast with uh, Evo, and we were so confident well, in the know. outcome. We Congratulations we on your black belt, Evo!
1: Cheers. Cheers. Cheers there
0: you, you go, man fucking black Shut, bat. that
1: shows it on my viewer at the very least
0: there you He's go <laughs> <laughs> but with with fighting man it, it's it's who shows up on the night and um you know you just like you say terrible bets I say educated guess you know what I mean
1: it is an edge it always is yeah it's it's pointless trying to predict exactly what's going to happen because mm-hmm. it because the thing is the reason my bets are terrible is that I often I often like because I I try and go all out and I pick the method and everything like that. and and I only bet in one-pound increments because they yeah. are that terrible. I know they're terrible. I know there's a very small chance, but it keep keep the odds high, keep those stakes low, and keep those bets terrible. That's that's, that's my it. that's my motto.
0: Yeah, and gamble responsibly too. I don't gamble for that oh, reason.
1: Yeah. Do you not gamble at all? No.
0: I don't gamble at all, dude. I am. I am. Well, I I don't know how I would be now, uh, but when I first learned how to play Texas Hold'em, like. I would. I, I have a terrible poker face. My eyes just fucking light up when I got a good hand. And, or do they? Oh, no, they do, dude. I'm terrible. And for some reason, I love saying all in. And like 10 minutes later, I'm buying back in. So that was about, yeah. I want to say, 10 years ago. Uh, I'm also, well, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good with my money now. But before, dude, uh, I had a fight and I was paid 500 bucks and I won the fight. And That's in the whole... Light. Say again?
1: Great wage. Terrible wage. Solid, Und, underpaid. solid, solid start wage, yeah. Underpaid, oh yeah, that's fair. what I was. I think that's fair.
0: <laughs> I, was, I signed the contract and I got paid accordingly. So that yes. segues to why we're talking tonight. But uh, I, I want to say that back then, 2011, I was terrible with my money. I got paid 500 bucks cash. I won the fight and I spent that entire cash bulk in the hotel bar that that night i just got very very greedy i started feeling my greed and i I just started after that after one or two uh tongue looseners i started buying everybody drinks and champagne and you name it it was it was a fantastic night fun was had by all rick
1: flair for a second didn't you
0: Woo! (laughs) Apparently,
1: that's what he used to do he used to just like go to the bar the Nagasaki bombs for everybody in the bar. Literally everybody in the bar. And yeah, he'd no go way. in there, he'd throw a few thousand dollars down. just be like, yeah, drinks for everybody. And he would be partying all night. He embodied... Yeah. Look, he, watch the 30 for 30 on Ric Flair. It's unreal. I heard so it's insane.
0: I, I've seen clips. Yeah. I haven't seen... I don't know where to get that because I I, I just Googled it and it, like there's clips available on YouTube. But uh, if you can send See, me that yeah, full you- episode...
1: You talk well, you know, you talk about being bad with money. I'm terrible with money because I just buy any streaming service that comes available. I can't be bothered to, to I can't be bothered with, like I know I know that you can download them all. I get it. I know that. Do you know what I mean? But I just I can't be bothered. I'm not well versed enough. I don't have enough VPNs or whatever it is to stop like my computer from being like buggered up, do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. just I can't, I can't be bothered with that. I'll I'll pay the five ninety nine for Disney. Like and, and that's where I watched it incidentally because they own ESPN and oh, yeah. obviously all the ESPN 30 for 30s are on Disney Street Disney, the Disney um, stream apartment is is really good actually I mean, there's so much more on there than you think don't mm-hmm. you think oh Disney I don't really watch Disney it's like yeah you do you just don't know
0: yeah they aggressively <laughs> purchased all around them like two or three years ago right
1: oh yeah yeah
0: Insane. Yeah, yeah they
1: own FX now so, so always sunny is going to be on disney plus very soon yeah 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 uh, yeah. fair play to him absolutely man it's a buyer's market (laughs) there you go man capitalists and they will set the terms that's a lovely segue
0: a lovely segue right there torpedo number one here we go here we go Uh, i want to talk about fighter pay um now on take one i didn't know where we stood with each other i didn't know whether this was going to be uh us agreeing a lot or disagreeing a lot um, debating, shouting down the mic to each other, who knows. Um, but I, I think um, that it is a very interesting topic. I saw some of your uh, clips maybe uh, two weeks ago like you talk about fighter pay you talk about um like the general structure people getting upset about fighter pay and not paying for subscriptions or not paying for the pay-per-views or you had something
1: i find very funny
0: you you did have a wonderful point about the u.s fans complaining about the uk fans and the structure being completely different And, and what you made the point about was um The fact that it's at normal time over there, Saturday evening, like eight o'clock. And over here, we got to get up at four or five o'clock in the morning on our own in the front room Mm -hmm. with our blankets and our breakfast. I'm not
1: paying Uh, $70 for that.
0: Yeah, it's impossible. But if you've got a gym full of guys, you get 20 guys over to your apartment. 20 guys over (laughs) to the apartment sounds like a wonderful night. But, uh, you know, everyone chips in five, 10 bucks. Like you could end up having a great night, get some beer and pizza and stuff. Exactly.
1: And honestly... I would rather do that. I would rather. It, I would yeah. rather it was a normal time and it was seventy-five dollars. like honestly, because I would go to a bar to watch it. Like, cause I love watching stuff like that in a bar. It's it's just way better. You know, you get some yeah. chicken wings, get a few beers. You know, and, and you can actually enjoy the fights and watch them live. Whereas watching fights live over here is a nightmare. Even if you've managed to stay up for the main event honestly gun to your head are you enjoying it no
0: well now i am and i'll tell you why i got two kids that don't let me sleep on a sunday morning so when we wake up dude it's breakfast time yeah it's breakfast so i get breakfast ready i got my laptop here i may i may purchase the pay-per-view i I can neither confirm nor deny details of how i watch or see the actual pay-per-view but i do watch it live that's for damn sure Um, but yeah, fight or pay. It is a topic for discussion. Um a topic for discussion twice this evening, according to my sure bullshit editing techniques here. Um, so yeah, let's let's look at it again and, and and just revert what we were discussing. Uh entry-level fighters coming in off wherever they came from, get their first contract with UFC. They sign the terms and they gotta fight. Sometimes they don't get the uh the the time to you know it's it's a last minute call at a higher weight class or a lower weight class so the first fight is always a very stressful time but you got these terms these five six page terms small print you just got to sign and agree because if you don't someone else is going to sign and agree and get in the ufc entry level is are we saying ten thousand dollars
1: i mean yeah I, officially i think it's ten and ten but as i hmm. uh, like uh, i do monitor the purse is quite closely because it is a subject that I'm interested in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as much as I, I, I say some, I do say some crazy shit sometimes. Uh, that's why I <laughs> love
0: watching your show, bro. As, as much
1: as as much as I say some crazy shit sometimes, like, no, I do think it's, I do think it is a subject that, that's worth looking into properly. I examining both sides of it. It's, it's like Bill Burr had a brilliant bit about kind of about feminism. And the problem is a lot of feminists are literally, they're only, they're, it's always like what the man is doing wrong, right? But you cannot fix a problem by only examining one half of it. And that's true. And that's You're opening feminism, up <laughs> It is for fight or pay. Honestly, you have to look at both sides of it because it's not always black and white. There are a lot more moving parts and components. You got to sift go through the, the
0: debris. The...
1: Yeah, you know, they... because at the end of the day, they don't have idiots writing those contracts right are those initial contracts probably favourable to the UFC yeah you betcha Yeah, and you know what they should be otherwise those 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 contract lawyers are not doing their job and I guarantee they get paid a lot a lot more than most fighters there
0: you go (laughs) man Hunter Campbell is the biggest uh, lawyer in the UFC right now he's the guy at the forefront
1: yeah and... I was actually—I was going to say Hunter. Uh, Hunter he is—he's yeah. is a big, yeah. Thing is, he's like, if and he's and he is top dog at what he does, and yeah, so he should be getting paid those amounts. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, you know, people have a go at Dana White for negotiating deals that are that that are beneficial to the UFC. Yeah, he fucking better be. You seen what he earns every year? Yep. He better be earning. He better be getting some favorable deals for the UFC because if he's not. He's not doing his job and he wouldn't be where he is. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason Dana White is where he is so, because that's one that like a lot of people would like to chastise Dana White saying that he robs from the fighters. He doesn't pay a fair wage and blah, 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 blah. However, those same people, they will never give him props for where it counts. Cause as, as much as people, cause again, we looked at Mark Coleman, uh, earlier, you know, he's, he's been running into some medical issues. I don't know enough about Mark Coleman's individual, Uh, Kind of situation, but you know, again, that I'll I'll go more more back into that in a second. But I want to stay on my original point, which is people always talk about fighters pave the way for other fighters. What about Dana White? He laid a a few slabs, didn't he?
0: You know, true, absolutely.
1: And I don't, I don't hear that ever, really mean, you don't see that in any of these toxic forums that I go into which it, they're not real people I shouldn't even entertain it I know <laughs> but yeah. it's just, look, no one ever says that you know without without Dana White the UFC and MMA would not be where it is like I'd 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 go as far as to say Dana white is probably one of the most important figures in the world of MMA in the last 20 years kind of and yeah okay. That's probably not a popular opinion, but I don't think it's even an opinion. I think it's kind of like, well, without Dana White, like Dana White is the best promoter in the world. Like, I, I really think that. I think I think if he'd have gone into pure boxing promotion, he'd probably making more than he is now. Like, yeah. but he, he decided to try and do something even more difficult, which is take a sport that is in its absolute infancy and partner with some people who have some capital behind them to try and turn this infant tiny sport that nobody's heard of that is going on in bingo halls and the back of like pool places and try and turn it into a multinational it like legitimate sport that is now on espn even in the spike in the spike tv days like no when it was on bravo in the uk right because the people like people looked at it as like you know human cockfighting at some points right the notion that that would ever be on a legitimate platform like ESPN was laughable.
0: Yeah,
1: true. But they did it. And that is in a large part to Dana White and to some of the deals that he, uh, that, that he entered into, because what we, we can talk about that again, so is the, the whole Reebok deal and the Venom deal. A large part of them being able to get onto, um, onto Fox and onto ESPN is because of those deals.
0: Agreed, so, absolutely. And the counteract to that would be, When you take away the leverage from the bigger fighters, like the guys who are earning top dollar because they've got the big following, they're in the UFC, they're a known head in the game. Um, You know, when you've got a Reebok deal or now Venom, uh, Mm. where you were making prior to that deal let's say, $800,000 a fight, which was Vitor Belfort's uh, contract with his sponsors in Brazil.
1: That steroid-loving Jesus freak. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him and his wonderful traps. You know?
0: <laughs> I'd like to thank you, Jesus, you know?
1: Jesus. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're
1: not full gay Jesus. Sorry, that was... That Yoro was you Romero. Romero <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite... Because I could see Joe Rogan just like, did he just say, what? oh, you don't forget Jesus. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Everyone no, started okay, booming Jesus. Yeah, that was what tough, that? man That was a horrible language barrier He actually had him on Joe Rogan's podcast To clarify that up
1: With, uh, with Joe Diaz, yeah
0: oh, That yeah. was a tough one to watch It's
1: still a tough watch, yeah
0: But um, so, but yeah, when, you, when you're before the Reebok deal Earning like $800,000 a fight Let's say over the course of three fights a year And now yeah. you're fighting for twenty uh, yeah $20,000 For just sponsorship it's a huge dent in your in your overall purse, you know. Whatever about your fight contract?
1: My counter to that, because earlier on I did like full disclosure. For the second time we discussed this, but
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's push the fact that I fucked up again. There you go.
1: No, I'm just saying that, but it's just because I've actually thought of something else that is right. a counter torpedo to your torpedo. Okay. Right. Because. I would counter because, as I said, like at the end of the day, whilst okay, it hurts the big guys. It does hurt the big guys in terms of sponsorship, but it does help out the little guys. Like Michael Bisping has said several times, like on his podcast, because I listen to it every week. I know that he said it, uh, but I don't want to quote him. But he he did say something along the lines of, you know, when he was starting out, it was very difficult to get hold of sponsorship X, Y, and Z, and you had to kind of make those deals kind of yourself or get your managers to do it and whatever, right? But those entry-level fighters, they're now getting something for the sponsorship, so it does help them out. It helps that they'd be getting more from that venom deal than they perhaps would from from uh, from the deals they'd broker themselves because they're not a name yet. Mm-hmm. But the guys that are the big guys, they still have that name, right? And they're still going to be able to get sponsors, and everything like that, it's just not on fight night. So I would counter that it hurts the big guys less than it helps. The little guys.
0: It hurts the big guys less than it. All right. That's a valid point. I get it.
1: Yeah.
0: If you're... Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not going to dispute that. You you have torpedoed my torpedo.
1: Yeah! Beautiful. Sorry, I yeah. had a lot of time to think about it. You've only got yeah. yourself to blame.
0: It is my fault, man. <laughs> I, I For anyone listening right now, I threw a torpedo... At Bert and he crumbled, let's be honest. You I fucking did, yeah, no, I crumbled. You were, you, you almost like disconnected the, the call yeah. here. Um, there was floods of tears. You, you were yeah. yelling floods. profanity. I've um, been drawing my eyes since. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what you're saying is right. It, it is true. And I guess with such a big organization, with everyone getting paid what they're getting paid, uh, do, do you know what uh, Bruce Buffer and Joe Rogan, for example, make on fight night?
1: Isn't uh, Bruce Buffer like 50 grand
0: a night? 50 grand a night. There you yeah. go. Um, everyone's getting paid. Everyone's off the bread line. Except the fighters. However, Ugh.
1: again, again, counter torpedo. Joe Rogan did the first events for free. He didn't get paid. Sh- he gets paid now. Yeah. But, and and again, Bruce Buffer, how many like they have other ring announcers, right? Mm-hmm. How many Bruce Buffers are there in this world?
0: True. Yep, yeah, Bruce I, Buffer. I can quite, see
1: that. And and the thing is, is like that dude blew out his ACL once whilst oh, yeah. jumping, and like that dude puts he puts his own body on the line. It's not just a fighter. Yeah, it? was that during
0: the Buffer three hundred and sixty?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That it was. was it. Yeah,
0: I remember that.
1: But Bruce Buffett, again, he got in there early and he wasn't making 50 grand a time when it was a small fledging. He believed in the promotion. Yeah. And it's the same with Joe Rogan. He he kind of believed in the promotion. Same with Dana White. Same with all those guys that got in on the ground level. And yeah, unfortunately, the entry-level fighters today were not around in that time. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's their time to pay their dues. You know? Because... Yeah. Like I said, you know, there, there's been a lot of people paving the way. Dana White, former fighters, all those guys. Like even even Bruce Buffer and Joe Rogan are a part of the reason that the UFC is where it is. You know, I still miss Goldie for God's sake. What a lovely guy. Yeah, I met man. him in Manchester once. He's a lovely, lovely bloke. Really great.
0: Very, but, very cool. I, I met him in Dublin. So cool, dude. Oh, just he is. Ju- yeah, he was in a rush and he took time to just stand there and shake my hand. Same. Great. It was so
1: nice of him. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was just, like, and I, I literally caught him the last event he ever called. Ah, uh, yeah. The last event he ever wow. called was Michael Bisping defending his belt against Dan Henderson in Manchester. Wow. And he never called an event after that. Amazing. He was fired the next day.
0: <laughs> Jesus, yeah. That was controversial in and of itself. Um, but yeah, no. What Again, you're seeing. I don't, saying I don't is... think
1: that was up to the UFC though. I think that was a WME. Yeah, WME
0: absolutely. they they had they had um they did have a rocky relationship, I guess, with the uh, amount of money he was making and the controversial extracurricular activities that he was partaking in. if you want the there was no hookers. Uh, I love the way everybody goes to hookers when when I talk about that.
1: I just yeah. don't think that's that controversial. It's like what a man does in his spare time, that's up to him, isn't it?
0: I didn't say there was anything wrong with hookers, bro. I don't know where we're going with this, but uh, no, we can talk about it off air if you want.
1: I think they're like the fourth emergency service, honestly. They they, <laughs> they, 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 they provide a service uh, with a smile.
0: There you go. Sorry, yeah, we're going off track here. Yeah, I just want to make sure that uh, no one's hearing me here at home. <laughs> but uh, – but, yeah, no, again, with, with everything that went down with that situation, you're right in what you're saying when you call in WME to the circumstances. They have made a lot of adjustments. We previously discussed uh, the termination of uh, Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes. Yeah. Uh, that was a big one because prior to that, we were talking about the um, what happens to fighters after they retire or you know, when their contract expires and they want to keep fighting, things like that um when it comes to people like chuck liddell who've paved the way who didn't necessarily make a lot in fight purse um we talk i guess about mark coleman who experienced a lot of health issues after where the ufc did not take care of any bills um the, the 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 caveat to that is These are independent contractors, not employees. They don't enjoy benefits like health insurance except for uh, injuries sustained on fight night in the octagon. So I could, you know, go into the fight with an ankle injury, uh, tear my ACL during the fight, but I'm only really covered for the ACL. I'm going to have to pay everything else out of pocket if there's any additional work to be done. Um, Is it on the UFC to take care of their fighters after they retire or after they're post contract i don't think it is no. i don't think it is either but
1: uh, I uh, because again i would ask uh like there, there are a lot of sports out there like i'd, I'd ask them um, what what boxing promotions take care of their fighters after they retire Do you know what i mean there's, there's like the the whole point of getting into a sport like that is you know that you're retiring before 40 because that because that thing is it's a it's a high risk, potentially low reward business that you get into. It's the hurt business. It's yeah. not the let's bake each other cakes and have a good time business. Although you do have a good time if you if you get even if you get into um because these are some of the other perks that again that often get ignored. They they look at the, the base salary and they're just like okay yeah so what these guys are making like let's say you fulfil all of your fights in that year and let's say that it's ten thousand a fight. Uh, like to show 10,000 to win and you lose all your fights that year, right? So you've made yourself 30 grand. It's in the low tax bracket. So actually you're not getting taxed as much on that. It's all They all take place in Nevada. But for that year, you are being paid to get better at fighting. You get to train every day. You get to, like, you don't have a day job to go to, right? And not be funny. If, you, if you're okay with your money, you can get by on 30 grand, like, easy. You know, I do it go in and I pay for a gym membership outside of it. That's not tax deductible. That's another thing that people don't often, like all those trainers, all that shit is tax deductible. They can get, they can get a reduction on that. Their money managers should be looking into that. But end of the day, you, you're being paid to do something that you love. And that is, that is a privilege in itself, right? To do something that you love, for your main living so that you don't have to do anything else that is not a situation that a lot of people are in right and it's ju- and it's just not and it, in order and and the risks that you're taking to to kind of achieve that are big because you're putting a big strain on your body you're getting in there you're fighting people for a living but like honestly is fighting something that you're going to get into if you don't love it do you know what i mean i don't care what anthony johnson says he loves fighting. Oh, so he man. can he can shut the fuck up. I'm not sure, I'm not being funny, but he does like he can say, "Oh, I'm just not. You no, know, I was a great athlete. I just never loved fighting bullshit. You know, you wouldn't have got into it if you didn't love it at some level, right? And the way you get treated in Vegas if you're a fighter, you are the man. You are you are a fighter on the UFC. Do you know what I mean? Like you, people love you. You're not going to pay for a meal all week. Like all that shit. Like it, it's it's like because people are like, oh yeah, but you can pay. You can make more if you worked at this like you know at starbucks or whatever it's like yeah you could make more of that and at starbucks and uh, working 50 hours a week behind a coffee counter and no one gives a fuck about you do you know what i mean you're yeah. trying to get there because it's not the only perk is not the money right it's just, like there are a lot of other things that go into it you're chasing your dream what what price tag do you put on your dreams yeah. you know it's like a lot of people yeah. who take the price
0: and it's, then uh, t- t- to 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 devil's advocate on that you work your way up through the ranks and you make all this money hopefully if you're a good negotiator um you go through the lower level mma organizations you let's say you work through cage warriors you went through bellator ipfl uh one fc and then your goal when you started was to be a ufc fighter right you get to the ufc and you start on that base level could be a little bit higher you know the incentive to go and sign that contract you you, like you'd attract so many more people to be just so much better with a more attractive like uh, i don't want to say base level or or minimum wage but it's pretty close to minimum wage and they say that minimum wage is just another way of your boss saying i want to pay you less but the government said no you
1: know well again I would say that isn't an issue with the ufc that's an issue with capitalism in general because essentially i agree with you mm-hmm. i think i think that fighters should be paid more and do you know why because i think people should be paid more i don't think there should be a minimum wage yeah. Like a minimum wage is not like there, there should be a minimum that people can earn to, in order to get by but i'll tell you what that is not minimum wage like minimum wage is not enough to get by not in this day and age not yeah. when not when. I mean, I'm talking about like the UK in particular, but you know, but uh, salaries have stagnated against uh, inflation for decades now, decades, and people wonder why people can't afford to pay their bills, you know, and that is not a problem like exclusive to fighters. That is just a problem, kind of for everybody. And what I would say, uh, counterpoint to the kind of to the to the base level salary in the UFC is that you. Let's keep it in MMA here, right? People talk about how the UFC are robbing their fighters; they don't pay enough. Whatever. What's the base level in Bellator? Like it's it's about it's about ten thousand less than the UFC. I'll tell you that now because I have checked. Right. They'll, base they'll level two, for Bellator. Base level for Bellator. Their early prelim fighters are making two thousand to fight. Wow. They're so lucky. Okay. Right. And people but- talk about the UFC. People talk about the UFC robbing their fighters. I mean, they're owned by Viacom. Any idea how big Viacom is?
0: Yeah, Jesus. they're sitting on $750 billion or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. Uh, the, 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 uh, the
1: UFC are robbing people.
0: But the, the devil's advocate on that is they've got the freedom of sponsorship. So they've got the freedom to say, okay, this is what I'm making, but now, now it's on me. I've got the freedom to go to, uh, let's say we go to the Burt Locker and say, hey, Burt, I got this fight at the weekend, right? I'm going to have your logo on my shorts, on my t-shirt when I walk out. And let's say 2 million people are going to watch on pay-per-view on Saturday okay. night.
1: Uh, can I just ask you, what what promotion do you fight for again?
0: Bellator. Google it.
1: Bellator. Where where are you on the card?
0: Uh, I'm third fight, Bert.
1: Third fight? On, on what? On the main card?
0: On the main card, Bert.
1: 2 million people are watching that?
0: 2 million people are going to watch it. <laughs> They're going to watch hey, it. of what?
1: I'd like to see, like see you a view in figures, please.
0: Uh, please find attached to your next email the um, analytics from the previous <laughs> pay-per-view. They don't even do pay-per-views. They do free TV. Yeah. So they're okay. all no, going to watch talking it. About,
1: but I'm talking about the base level guys. They're, they're going to be like real early on in the cut. And, and, and I do see what you're saying, yeah. but my counterpoint to that is how many sponsors are falling over themselves to get sponsored by those guys early on. Because this, this is, again, where the Venom deal helps early... Prelim yeah. fighters, if, if early prelim UFC fighters who have no name are struggling to get sponsors, which some of them do, I mean, a lot of them do. If they're struggling, I can tell you this for free like early prelim Bellator fighters are going to be struggling even more. So I don't think that any kind of sponsorship makes up for the disparity of ten thousand pounds a fight, ten thousand dollars a fight, rather. Right? Yeah. I think that honestly if Bellator could raise their initial rates rather than, because Bellator do pay some fighters really well. It's about a handful and it is at the expense of all the other fighters down the card. And it is. And I think it's actually disgusting. I really don't like how they operate it because they overpay their main event washed up, quite frankly, not washed up. They are washed up. Uh, They're washed up like over the hill, like UFC. No one would give a fuck about half of their roster if they weren't in the UFC. Because that's another thing that, that winds me up. Like, people talk about, like, oh, oh, you know, the UFC never did nothing for me. Well, I was nearly broke when I left the UFC. Hey, Paige, right? How many people would give a fuck about you fighting in bare-knuckle boxing if you weren't in the UFC? Do you want to tell me that? I'll give Very you a true. clue. It ain't many. It ain't many. So the UFC clearly has a use, don't they? You use them to further yourself. Like, So, look, they do have a use. At the end of the day, look. Do some fighters get paid, like, badly? Maybe. I don't know. The crux of it is I don't know because I'm not, like, a UFC accountant. I don't know what – because people compare the Bellator percentages with the with the UFC percentages. But, actually, when you look at the production of Bellator and the UFC, they're apples and oranges. Even Chael Sonnen said, well, the thing is, is that as much as I like Bellator as well, I'm – no, I've been – Good with both promotions people talk about those percentages but the usc they employ like 400 odd people just like just in editing that's just editing right or whatever it is like i can't remember what the actual quote was but my my main point is when you look at the and you can see it in the production as well you can see it that money really works because it's a polished like production whereas you look at bellator and it's like hmm, yeah you can see that they kind of skimp on on those kind of areas and that's the importance in the UFC like that's what they do so well that's what they do better than any other MMA organization is growth they invest in growth I don't know exactly what number they invest in growth what percentage they invest in growth but it is significant because right now the UFC and MMA are still a tiny tiny sport they're a very young sport and in order to grow the sport they need to invest more money in that. And I don't, I'm not a UFC accountant, but I would say that it's far more likely that, a more likely scenario than Dana White robbing all of his fighters, which is something I see all the time on Biden. I know they're not real people, so I shouldn't entertain it, but that, that's it. that is a quote you see quite a lot, isn't it? Oh, Dana White's just robbing all these fighters and, you know, but I'd say a far more likely scenario is that they have very clever money men saying, look, this is what you can afford to pay your fighters. This is what you can afford to put into growth. This is what you can afford to do this. This is how much you can afford to pay your pack cameramen This is how much you can afford to put into advertising. This is how much you can afford to put into your, into your shows like the Embedded and everything like that. I'm, I'm very certain it is all rigorously calculated. And I would say it's much more likely that fighters are paid accordingly than poorly.
0: That's a very fair point. I, I can argue with that. Absolutely, you torpedoed me out of the fucking ocean, bro. No, you're you're absolutely right in what you're saying. Um, I guess on face value, the trolls on um, on social media, the comment section. Here's the thing about being a podcaster you you gotta dive into the comments because we gotta know what people are saying. You know, I tried so much to stay away from it, but when I do an episode, I gotta know what people are saying. No, no, no. I'm not talking about our ones because I love your comments. I'm like, oh Bert, my boy. But it's it's like the when Ariel Hawani posts, like, dude, I, I spent 15 minutes scrolling through because oh, some- it's horrible to watch. Like yeah. some uneducated fool, probably some teenager who thinks Conor McGregor is like Brock Lesnar. Um but it's it's just a case of seeing what people are saying and them not understanding the structure you've got a like this is why i asked you on this episode you've got a very strong understanding of how the structure works um i don't want to come across as like one of one of those socialists at a ben shapiro seminar saying about the pencil factory did you see that sound by that's not what I'm about. I'm a capitalist. I'm a gym owner. I want money. I want cash. Yeah. Um but at the same time when I'm the I hear same. I'm all about When capitalism. I hear things <laughs> Yeah, for real. But what, what what I when I hear things like the gate is 7 million dollars. When I hear things like the pay-per-view buys are off the charts. And when I see things like, you know, yeah, there's so many variables. But if I'm an up and comer and I've paid my dues in the lower leagues and I get summoned to the UFC and now I'm making 10,000 to fight and 10,000 to win. I, I, I get $20,000, which sounds wonderful if it's 20,000 cash into my pocket, but it's not, and it's a, Mm -hmm. a huge pay cut. If I'm good at my own promotion, if I'm good at my social media, if I'm good at advertising, um, it just seems like the fighters do get the wrong end of the stick and everyone else is paid accordingly. Now, again, I would agree with what you're saying in that the fighters are paid accordingly. I think it just could be a little bit more. Get them off the baseline, of the breadline, I think they call it.
1: Well, honestly, the thing is, is when you look at, look, let's say worst case scenario, you lose your three fights, right? You're probably not going to be in the UFC for much longer, so their pay is not going to be an issue for you. Yeah, but You've made 30 grand that year. I would ask how many other people get by on 30,000 a year. And it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It is a lot. Not every UFC fighter is going to be a megastar. And that is the risk, right? Because the problem is, it, it is the Hurt business. It's the same with any of these sports. It's, it's not exclusive to, to mixed martial arts. Maybe that the toll on the body might be slightly more extreme than, say, like you've got, you've got soccer in, in England, right? So... You know, the, the amount of premiership players premier league players that go bankrupt after within like 50 within five years or so i can't remember what the stat was but they go bankrupt within five years wow because they don't make allowances for the fact that they're they're not at retirement age they're 35. They're like, i'm 35. i mean I, i'm never gonna retire'm it's just not it's is it like but like state pensions that they they don't they, they don't cover enough to live on. Do you know what I mean? Like my private pension probably isn't going to be worth dick by the time I get to retirement age. No, I will be working until I'm in a pine box, and that is what is going to happen. If I can make my podcast take off, that would be incredible because at least then I'd be doing something that I love, right? And again, that's something. But the, and, the, and the biggest risk in fighting is yeah, look, you don't make any money from it, and you end up being a nobody. Just still, but you but you had a crack at it, right? Yeah. And you got paid, you got paid your money. It wasn't enough to retire on. So you might have to get a, a regular job. I get it, it sucks. Nobody wants to work a regular job. I hate working a regular job. It sucks, right? But the reward is potentially you could retire at the age of 35, 36 and have a job in broadcasting. And you know I mean? And have enough left over that you've invested in, you know, to, to make to make your money into more money. And that's what the smart guys do. That's what Colin McGregor did. It's why, it's why McGregor doesn't have to worry about money anymore. Because he actually invested it very smartly. You know, he yeah. turned his money into more money, right? And what I'm saying is that there are some fighters that can do that. But like, the world doesn't owe you a living and neither does the UFC. Like, if you can show that you're going to bring in enough revenue to the UFC, they will look after you. Like they they pay out bonuses all the time that are undisclosed, yeah. Because they're like, yeah, that brought more eyes to our product, which is going to help us sell more stuff in the future. I'm going to look after this. this guy. Unfortunately, the whole kind of premise it's 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 not dissimilar to being sales. If you are in sales and you're a bad salesman, you get paid next to fuck all, right? That is life. It, it is it's life in general unfortunately you because know? at the crux of it do i think that fighters should get paid more yeah because i think everyone should get paid more like honestly i think that i think that honestly the system that we have at the moment where like 99 percent of the wealth is in the hands of like one percent or something it's something stupid like that isn't it i've 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 yeah. seen the the memes or whatever but i, I don't know how I don't know how true that statement is, but I know that it's like, it's in that kind of ballpark, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. Like I, I, do I personally think that that needs to shift slightly? Yeah. I think that a lot of people that earn 30 grand a year, like I don't live comfortably. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I live paycheck to paycheck more or less. And that is the situation that a lot of people are in, but i do things in my spare time to try and, you know, at least do something that i want to be doing and it's the same with with fighters you're going out there and, and initially like bjj fighting it's a hobby right but if you can make money out of that hobby brilliant if you can get to the good leagues even better maybe you can even then roll the dice on may, becoming like a multimillionaire. but it's definitely not going to happen for everybody and if it did then everyone would do it
0: true yeah, you know yeah. What I, mean? it's, it's, I agree it's with a all risky that business true it's, it's, so let's look at the blueprint of how to uh, combat the if you're if you're not on. I think I'm playing devil's advocate, but I think I'm on your side of thinking here, I, not a socialist. Um, I think you, you're nail on, like nail on the head on all, all points. Uh, let's look at the, uh, the blueprint to combat those terms. The, the low pay scale at the beginning, uh, the fact that you don't have control of your sponsorship to a certain degree. Um, how do you how do you push from there? Bellator I, needs to pay better. Yeah, that's your point. That, your point. Well, I'm, um, serious. Like, I'm they, looking they do, at...
1: Though. If Bellator raised their minimum rates, mm-hmm. then the UFC would have to. Yeah. They're not being funny, but their entry prelim fighters make 10 grand a fight less than the UFC counterparts. Yeah. And... People call it like the second organization. It's third behind 1FC. 1FC. All right. But to be fair, right. the UFC is probably second to 1FC. Like in, <laughs> in Asia. Now, <laughs> like when you look at the viewing figures, it's mental.
0: But let's you look at the... the uh, they I have not.
1: Because like, obviously there's a lot of people in Asia and they love martial arts. Yeah. And like the viewing figures that like in in uh, like in like Asia, like it's like, what's the UFC? You mean 1FC? Like, no, no, UFC. No, 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 no. We have no. wow. one FC is the premier organization. I'm pretty sure that, that is the case. So they might well pay better, but they don't disclose their salaries. So, All right. so it's difficult. It's difficult to say what they say. Meh, if they don't you.
0: disclose, maybe it's shite. Maybe it they pay be. an That's exposure.
1: Yeah, it might be.
0: There you go. You never know. Um, but what we're seeing now is a a combat to that way of doing business. Right. No longer are these guys. Just airhead or knuckleheads who just want to go in and fight, like Mike Tyson said. I think he quoted. These guys are businessmen. I wanted to go in and kill these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Sugar, Sean O'Malley. Uh, he's doing something that no other fighter is, and he's. I don't know if he's Getting just tattoos just a, of pedophiles. Exactly. What's that guy's Takashi Six Nine, <laughs> the the snitch? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Fuck that guy. But he's. <laughs> I don't know if he's just a very intelligent guy, or if he's getting a lot of good information from good people. Um, but he went ahead and signed. Was he on uh, the Ultimate Fighter, or was it the looking for a fight, or what? How how was he I,
1: recognized? It was it was the it was the Contender Series.
0: The Contender Series. Mm. Uh, so he signed his initial contract at the UFC. Uh, like every fighter does, they try and get famous quick. But if you get very famous very quick you are on your initial contract so let's say you go in and knock your first guy out in the first round people start to who's this guy social media grows second fight ah it's that guy from the first fight knocks that guy out too then he they start talking about a title shot or a contender fight or whatever Uh, they get to the third fight they're fighting a big name and they're still on their initial contract so they're probably getting sixteen thousand dollars well, Sugar Sean O'Malley is refusing and has refused to fight big named fighters because he's on his initial contract. Yeah,
1: that's fair enough.
0: Fantastic patience, great guidance, wonderful to see. And now what's happening is who, uh, what was his last fight? Was it a knockout TKO?
1: His last fight it was recently. Who was it he did I'm sure he knocked him out as well
0: uh, there p- case in point no no a, nobody no he
1: didn't knock, he didn't knock him out he got it, it went to a decision no way no no it got stopped it got stopped in round number three because remember it was Chris massini and he was just uh, like yeah. a zombie just kept walking straight forward yeah and the referee stopped it when he could have just like carried on but it but yeah. it was still an impressive performance it was still like mm. a standout performance
0: yeah and case in point he we don't know who that guy's name is um Chris so, yeah, oh, I didn't. You did, because you're <laughs> fucking torpedoing me all night, bro. Um, but he's at the, you know, he's on his podcast. He's he's probably very well sponsored on his podcast. He's at the press conference. He's trash talking Kobe, uh, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe Garbrand. Cody Garbrandt. Cody yeah. Garbrandt. Um, you know, he's playing it to the to the guidebook of how you do this contractually. Uh, yeah, refuse well. to fight. Um, Uh, Ranked fighters Until you are Towards the end Of your initial contract Then you say Right Look at my social media Look what I bring To the table Now I'd like to fight A ranked fighter And this is the amount Of money that I'm willing To do it for Mm. Um, So he's sticking To his guns Betting on himself And I like what he's doing I think more and more Fighters are going to do that
1: Yeah I absolutely love I love that approach I really do It's smart Yeah it is Yeah He's an again, it's like Sean O'Malley is somebody that's marketed himself really, really well. You know, he's, he's on Twitch, he's doing all that stuff and he's doing it so much better than the most people, to be perfectly honest. Yep, and yeah, no, fair play to him. It's, it's, I'm actually quite a big fan of Sean O'Malley, not just because his fighting style is brilliant. I love watching him fight, but I kind of like him, like, crap tattoos aside, I do, I do like what he does. I just think he's very, very clever. And mm-hmm. he, he knows he's recognized the rules of the game and he's playing it. And to a certain extent, like the very, very successful people do that. You know what I mean? They recognize the rules of the game. They take a look at the rules and like, How are you successful within this rule set? It's how Donald Trump became president. That's how he did it. There you go. People can bitch and complain all they like that. He became, he, people are mad because he won. You know what I mean? He, he looked at it like the, the, this thing is a contest. I mean, and I can, who the hell is that?
0: Is like it backwards on huh? Let's Go Brandon? Do you know who What's Let's Go Brandon? Brandon is? Who's Brandon? You don't know who Let's Go Brandon is? No. Oh, bro. This is where I'm going to get cancelled on my podcast. Uh, so the there was some, it um, was it NASCAR or Formula One thing in the US uh, a couple of months ago? And everyone in the crowd were going, fuck Joe Biden. Nice. Like this. And they were interviewing some guy called Brandon. And the interviewer I was, was saying, like, and as you can hear, the crowd are going, let's go, Brandon. Uh, so the Republican Party in the US started running with, let's go, Brandon, let's go, as Brandon. a caveat to Love that. what they were saying. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of US politics. So I went out and bought yeah. the t shirt, bro. Let's That's go, cool. Brandon. I know. You know I'm going
1: to have to look. At, uh, I, I missed that.
0: But I'll send you the link.
1: It's the same thing. It's, it's what Dana White did, Joe. You know, Dana White and the Fratitas—they recognized the rules of the game they're playing, and they took all the risks, and now they get a bulk of the money. And there is nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. People no,
0: absolutely not. That's capitalism people, 101.
1: People forget very quickly that the risks that Dana White and the Fratitas took, because like people always talk about, you know, who's looking after these fighters, you know, after after they retire, and that it's like. Who would be looking after... Would, would they be looking after Dana White if he was working in a, in a hotel somewhere? If, if they, if the Fratitas and himself ended up four million in the hole? If yeah. the ultimate fighter never took off? They, 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 don't, they owe as much to them as those fighters would owe to them if the shoe was on the other foot. And honestly, none of those fighters would give a shit about them. They wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Why would you? It's, True. It's, not, it's not... There are only so many fucks you can give you can't just give them out
0: that's the reality of life right
1: yeah it's true there's there's only so much energy you can have there's only so much like you you can care about people to an extent but you can't care about everyone you just can't and at a certain point it's like I can't remember if I said it on take two or on the earlier take but it's like you know Chris Rock had that thing where he said, like, you know, when I was you know, driving to gigs and stuff, my car used to break down. And, like, I'd stand next to my car and no one would pull over and help me. And I'd start pushing my car and people would pull over and help push my car. So help yourself. People will help you. But yeah. if you just stand there and go, if you stand there and go, oh, you know, I'm I'm an ex fighter and I, I did this. It, it, it's, the thing is, it, it's, as I was saying with the Mark Coleman thing, like, I'm fairly sure there are things that he can do for money that, like, uh, say it because it like those kind of things, like arthritis, all those things are not exclusive to fighting. You look at a laborer, someone's been a laborer on a building site. I was a laborer, Joan. You know? I, I, I fit windows, I've done all sorts on building sites. It's hard fucking work, and you can hurt yourself very easily on a building site very, very easily, right? And if you, if you, if your back goes, if your knees go, whatever, and you can't carry on working, do you know I mean? do you think do you think they could start a podcast and get, you know, 100,000 views instantly. Mark Coleman can.
0: Yeah, for we real. can do
1: it easily. Like, so let's not get our small violins out just yet is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. pe- people can help themselves. Mark Coleman certainly can. He's a big boy. He can take and care of himself.
0: To quote Dana White on that as well, he said recently, actually, within the last year, uh, this is not a career. This is an opportunity. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth to that because as we yeah. like touched on, they're independent contractors. Now, there's some very strongly legalized wording of those contracts because they can't go and fight for other organizations. They're not employees. They don't enjoy the benefits of a, an employee, whether you retire or your, um, your contract expires or anything like that. You're not entitled to anything simply because you signed the contract and agreed to it. Um, but yes, it is an, like an opportunity. It's not a career. People mix that up, you know. And again, like you say, and you're correcting what you're saying, life owes you nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not owed anything. And if you, again, it's contractual. You sign the contract. And when we bitch about fighter pay, uh, there's so many variables. I I agree with everything that you're saying. It does hurt when uh, there's gates of seven million bucks and the fighters don't see a penny. It sucks when 2 million people purchase the pay-per-view that recently increased in price by 5 bucks and the fighters don't see a penny. But again, contractual. They signed the contract, they agreed to the terms, then it was good, then it was good now. Um they agreed to that money. You could not agree, no one's forcing you to sign the paper.
1: Yeah, you could do a Michael Chandler. Like cuz thing is again, well like that's another thing. People always seem to think that yeah, Bella to pay there their big fighters better. No, I don't ask, ask Michael Chandler what he made in Bellator. Ask him what it makes now.
0: What do you mean by that? I don't know. What's that? His contract is
1: way bigger in the UFC. Almost twice. I think. Really? Yeah. I can't remember what the figure was, but I was surprised because I was expecting, literally, I checked it. I can't remember what the figures are off the top of my head, but I was expecting to see him making more in Bellator because I thought, because they always threw loads of money at their top, like their top, you know, handful of fighters. And I was very shocked to see that I'm fairly sure he's on at least a hundred thousand more a fight in the UFC. Wow. Which is a lot, you know, but that's because Michael Chandler, he put together a body of work. that was kind of undeniable. You know, I dare say, because, because Paddy Pimlet, he decided that he wanted to have another couple of fights under like cage warriors because he was making more money in cage warriors, but there's nobody there's been nobody in Cage Warriors like Paddy Pimlet. Do you know? What I mean? Even like Con McGregor left before he could become that in Cage Warriors. Do you know what I mean? He left. Yeah. Like Paddy Pimlet stayed and he's selling out the Acarina lad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and it's like and yeah, there, there are very few fighters who could do that. So that so that so Cage Warriors could pay him pretty well. And he's made no secret that his, his contract in Cage Warriors was better than the one that he's entered into on the UFC. Wow. But I dare say, if Paddy Pimlet had gone over to Bellator rather than Cage Warriors and done successfully in there, he could have done a Michael Chandler, and he probably wouldn't be going in on an entry level contract. But he's already put in the work, and he's made himself undeniable. But it's just yeah. it, because it, the whole contract thing is about what you bring to the table, isn't it? You know, yes. the UFC are looking to because because that's why they're independent contractors because obviously. Yeah, it, it, does, it does suck that they're, yeah, they're independent contractors, but they can't independently contract for somebody else. But the problem is, yeah, it's not the same as any other kind of business, is it? It's not like, it's, it's, it's not like you're making money from your plumber doing your pipes. That's what she said. So. Oh, that <laughs> is what she said, bro.
0: <laughs>
1: but, but yeah, all that, you've got someone installing a window. You're not making money off of people looking at that right the UFC are making money their brand is heavily contingent on those eyes looking at you so therefore they can't have you going and doing that plumbing work for someone else yeah Do you know what I mean it's like I don't sure. even know what the UFC's plumbers makes yeah you know, I'm sure I'm sure it's a lot <laughs> most likely
0: um but but what you said so, what I think that see- plumbing is top notch <laughs> What you said there to, to, I guess, transition over to tonight's fights. It's Tuesday, but it's posted on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Cyril Gahn versus uh, Francis Ngannou. highly highly p- politicized fight over uh, many, many different factors. You've got um, Francis Ngannou, who's unhappy with the UFC, mm. who is has been outed by Dana White as a diva with diva demands. Um, since he became a more uh publicized figure of the uFC and a heavyweight now a heavyweight champion um upset that Mr Jake Paul is making all those millions while he's stuck on a five hundred thousand purse and to like to be at the end of your contract and this is the the championship clause that comes into effect mm-hmm this is the last fight that's on Francis Ngannou's contract as the champion. If he wins, he gets the contract extended to a th- another fight or mm-hmm. one. Is it one hour fight or three fights or at least one year? And he's expressed interest to fight Tyson Fury. Yeah, I think, it, Tyson, I think it's
1: like yeah, it's something like one year, something like that. But something
0: like that, yeah. Yeah, so he's just that, unhappy that, that, that with is, his purse.
1: That is one disadvantage of of uh, going for a championship fight, I guess. I mean, the the one of the pros is that he gets pay per view. You know I mean, yeah. If he as the champion, he gets pay per view points, and and that's one of the pros. So the problem is, he signed that contract when he thought he needed it, and that's like. But it's fine. I don't need that contract anymore, so I would like a different one. That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. And what if he lost all those fights? Where well, we're it's it's like the UFC would still pay him what he was contracted. But the problem I've got with with, with Francis, the way he's handled it, I, honestly, I don't think it's a problem with Francis and how he's handled it. I honestly think he has some bad people around him that are giving him some really bad advice. I certainly think he's got some people around him that are spending his money for him. Honestly, like because yeah. look, the dude, the dude's made. He like if you if you. Include bonuses and things like that. I don't know what the exact figure is, but if he's on 500 grand a fight, he's had like five fights in what the last two years. Yeah. So he's on at least two and a half million base. And let's not forget, he's probably gotten a couple of knockouts in the night here and there as well. And not forgetting that he's now kind of, he's got Vegas Hmm. billboards up everywhere. He's making money off of those. He's making money off appearances. Like he's making like millions now, right? How has he got nothing left to buy a fight camp with? Yeah. Who's spending his money? I think people need to stop looking at Dana White. Dana White doesn't have anything to do with that. Do you know? Dana White pays what he agrees to pay them. Yeah. Whether it's for better or worse, he pays often above what they're obliged to get. If you if you talk to a lot of fighters, a lot of fighters say you know their bonuses come in left, right, and centre. But I think uh, Ngannou, honestly, I think he's got some bad management. I think that there are some people giving him some terrible advice because the problem is he's now putting himself into a situation where it's like, okay, you, you want to be difficult? We can be difficult. You know, and you're, I, I don't think uh, Francis Ngannou is not unbeatable. We've already seen that. Like, he's a few losses away from just being like, yeah, I okay, can't see it. Have yeah. have have fun in Bellator. Have, 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 have you boxing match against against Tyson Fury? It's fine. Yeah, you make you'll. That he will make a lot of money off of the boxing match with Tyson Fury. He, he won't win it. He won't come anywhere close. Ridiculous. The, yeah, the notion he's, is ridiculous. He get frankly. murdered. People that are entertaining. Like honestly, I don't think that Francis Ngannou does very well against any top fifteen, maybe even top twenty heavyweight boxer.
0: Yeah, he'll get like, out jabbed in the first round, and he'll gas for sure.
1: He's like Ngannou. He he's enjoying. He's fun to watch, right? Because he's just got that big power. But he's off balance all the time. This is where he's going to come into problems with Cyril Gunn. Honestly, I don't, I don't. I mean, obviously, he can put your lights out like if he touches you, and that and that is fun. That's that's one of the things I, I love to watch in him. But from a technical perspective, there must be a lot of like kind of professional like, coaches that watch what he does and they're like, Oh, oh, what is that? What are you doing? Oh, fundamentals, fun! oh, yeah, remember.
0: Oh, yeah, there, there's this video uh, edit together where he's with Mike Tyson and Mike is showing him the right uppercut to Basically. the body, right uppercut, and then it cuts to the fight and his hands are coming from over here no. and he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, to quote, Look, that's to quote work. the great, to quote the great, uh, the great Brendan Shab fighters, man, you're you're not dealing with the smartest tools in the shed.
1: No, no, you're not. And yeah, and honestly, I do think that Ngannou has been getting some bad advice. I don't think it's necessarily him. Maybe it is, yeah. but it's not like he's been, because he, I've seen, I've seen his Instagram. He's driving a new Ferrari every day. He's re, he is living it up as he should, but don't yeah. then go, don't then go publicly and say, Oh, the UFC don't pay me enough because look, I'm having to borrow money to get my next fight camp. That says way more about you than it does about the UFC. My friend, if that's you a great are impression a boy, as well, by the Francis, way, if, Sorry?
0: That's a great impression of Francis, by the way.
1: Yes, not bad. It's like, it's like, look, come on, man. If if you can, if you can't take a few million dollars, right, and budget and leave yourself with enough left over to pay for a fight camp, that is a you problem. That is not a UFC problem. Dana White didn't spend your money for you. He 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 paid you what he was contracted to pay you. And if you can't budget, that is on you. Hire an accountant. To tell you, to, because I think that a lot of people, I think he's probably surrounded himself with a lot of yes-men, honestly. Oh, that yeah. just tell him yes all the time. But what he yeah. needs is a smart accountant to say to him, look, you can't keep living like this. You're going to run out of money. Have you booked another fight yet? No. It's like, well, book one. You need to pay for this lavish lifestyle that you're living. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, why, it's why so many sports stars run out of money. Because yeah. they just... But you, you, they, they get a taste of it and then they start spending quicker than it comes in. And then- I, know,
0: I know that you're a, a huge fan of NFL.
1: And that's, um, and that's just a rule of thumb for life. You know I, mean?
0: I know you're a huge fan of NFL. And I did read an article about, I was five or six months ago now, where all the new guys come in out of college and they sign these huge $5 million deals. And within two years, they're all broke
1: yeah they spend it on sneakers
0: (laughs) 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 insane you know
1: and like i said i I think that's less a problem with the ufc than it is with just you know what money can do to people in general you know it's like like i said i'm not i'm not made of stone do i think that all people should probably get get a bigger piece of the pie than we all currently get i don't think it's a problem exclusive to fighters like, like like taxes unfortunately taxes that's not a problem exclusive to fighters. Everyone has nice. to pay taxes. You know what I mean? Like, my wages don't get given to me after tax. I don't get paid this, and that's tax already taken off. No, everybody gets their tax taken off, and that's just a fact of life. You know, it's just, it just is what it is. And the tax isn't as bad as a lot of people make it out to be as well. A lot of people go, oh, he loses 50% of his purse in tax. You're talking shit.
0: I you love mean, your the, impressions, the
1: tax man. Rate, <laughs> the, the Vegas tax rate is 24% plus 6% state tax. Yeah, that's and that's true. yeah, what thirty-one percent? That's not fifty percent. Don't get me wrong. Like, I would rather not have, you know, thirty-one percent of my of my fight purse taken away. But honestly, I'd rather that twenty percent of my my wage doesn't get taken away from me every month. You know? Yeah. So it's so it is what it is. It's not it's not that's not a UFC problem. That's like if if you got a problem with that, and you're having to go at the UFC, you're having to go at the wrong people. Is what I would say in my closing kind of argument is that. A lot of the time when people make this debate, number one, they don't know what they're talking about, because quite frankly, look, I read a lot into this and I do try and consider all options and I don't even know what I'm talking about. And I acknowledge that readily, you know, at the end of the day, when people say, do you think fighters get paid, uh, get underpaid? I'm like, no, I don't know because and that's the thing most people like a a vast majority of the comments you see in comment sections will jump to the conclusion that dana white is robbing the fighters that they underpay them and all i would do to counter that is say we don't know unless you are the ufc's accountant you have no fucking idea whether they're underpaid overpaid and you got to look at all the other factors, like the, the amount that UFC like invests in advertising growth to try and grow the sport they, they bring those venom deals in the Reebok deals because they're trying to get on ESPN because like I said, the the, the, the the sport has come such a long way in a very short amount of time. And there's, there's got to be a lot of credit for that given to the UFC and they don't do that without investing money into all those avenues. That doesn't happen for free. And yeah the percentages honestly they're probably on a razor they probably have very clever people looking at what they can afford to percentage percentage wise out of their revenue to give out to the fighters to pay the cameramen, to pay the editors to pay to pay the production to pay into growth to to fund the embedded series to fund the contender series to fund this to fund that to, 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 to fund
0: dana white's gambling problem
1: Exactly, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's just like, that, that's a whole separate account. But yeah, yeah my point is that, look, they, they've probably got some really smart people looking at it and way smarter than me, way smarter than any idiot in a comment section, certainly. And whilst, like I said, like, my stance on it is, like I, I think it's far more likely, the more likely scenario than Dana White robbing all the fighters, far more likely is they get paid exactly what they should get paid based on the margins that the UFC has. and maybe it's slightly favourable to the UFC but those guys writing the contracts are getting paid a lot of money to do so so they better be writing favourable contracts same as Dana White Dana White better be getting the best deal for the UFC because he gets you see where gets paid it's like 300 million a year or something like that
0: by WME
1: uh, yeah Yeah, by WME he gets paid like a ridiculous amount to get favourable deals for the UFC and if he's not doing that then he's not the right man for the job but lucky for him he is
0: there you go man yeah what do you think um outside of fighter pay what do you think's going to happen at the weekend with the uh with the fights tonight yeah tonight there you go what do you think is going to be um let's just look at the main event because i'm going to break down the card anyway sometime during the week cool. but um Cyril Gann versus francis ingano like Cyril is the fa um uh, francis is the favorite i believe right am i wrong he- on that I'm not sure, I don't know the odds, you're the guy You're the guy for the odds Um, There was sparring footage Came out, it was complete and utter nonsense I don't even want to talk about it because it was bollocks Um, But Obviously it's going to be an exciting Fight regardless Uh, My opinion I don't have an opinion I just want to see a good fight, I I don't even Want to give a guess If it's going to be a knockout, it's going to be Early, it's going to be Francis
1: I would say that there is a chance of the other, of, a, of a later round knockout, just a pure exhaustion TKO. Right. Um, because it, right, this is the way... By the way, guys, if you know my betting history, you know to bet on the opposite of what I'm about to say. Um, for me, I, I just feel like unless we see a far sharper... far Because I get it, he was more patient against against Stipe the second time, but He's, he still wasn't like it wasn't a change Francis and Gi really in order I don't see outside of catching Garn with something I don't see how Francis wins this one I really don't but based on what what we see Francis come in and do because the problem is like I get it he can be more patient. But even when he fought Stipe the second time, it's not like he tidied up all of his all of his technique. He was still off balance when he was throwing. And the way Stipe beat him the first time, I do think that Stipe lost a step as well, honestly. Between their first and second fights, I, I do think that Stipe lost just a step. And just a step is just enough to catch one of those bombs off of Francis and garney Because I'm not ignorant to the fact that, obviously, Francis, if he catches you, your lights are going out. Do I think, that Cyril Garn going to get caught. I don't. I don't think he is. I just wow. think that he's. I think he's too fast, right? He puts a real fright into people. You can see it on their face when, like, you saw it, with, like, with Volkov, right? Volkov is a devastating striker. He had the reach, right? Do you know I mean? He's he's an excellent striker who had the reach. But every time he was throwing at Cyril Garn, the first couple of rounds, he was hitting nothing but air. And you saw the look on his face change to right okay that was about as quick as i can throw a punch and he just looked at me like what are you trying to do yeah and it's just like and that's scary that that can put a real scare into people and it and it stopped and he and the thing is with volkov he was getting countered so often that he was actually it actually made him hesitant to throw and Again, I don't want to say he did the same thing to Derek Lewis. I don't think that was the right Derek Lewis in there, honestly. I think Derek Lewis beat himself in mentally before he even stepped in there. But you still can't take anything away from Cyril Garn. He Still put on like a, a flawless performance, really. And but what I would say is that from a striking perspective, I do think that Cyril Garn is probably sharper than the than the Steve Miocic that fought Francis the first time. From a purely technical perspective, speed like reactions, how elusive he is. I think that Stipe was a phenomenal fighter then and now. Got nothing but respect for Stipe. But on a pure striking perspective, I think that Cyril Garn's probably better than, than he was in that fight. And the reason that Stipe beat Francis in that first fight was not because of the wrestling. The wrestling happened in spite of everything that happened. Right, Because the reason he tired Francis Ngannou out is he made him miss. Because Francis Ngannou loads up on his punches. And when he misses, he doesn't just throw, like use all that energy throwing it out. He has to drag it back in. And that's a big old arm, a big yeah. old shoulder to pull back into place. You do that more than a few times, and that's when he started breathing heavy. And that's when he was easy to take down. Because you saw that Stipe tried to get a takedown when Francis wasn't tired enough in the second fight, and he just shrugged it off like it was nothing. But when Francis is tired, he will let you do whatever you want, and and I think that's probably what is going to happen here. I think that Francis will throw, and he will miss, and Cyril Garn is just going to be too fast. He's going to be in and out. He's not going to be where and fist is when it uh, after it's been thrown. Honestly, I think that that uh, Garn has probably fought faster people than. Than Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou's got a lot of power and he's fast enough, but I don't think he's fast enough to catch Cyril Gunn. And that is my that is my pick. I think that Cyril Gunn is going to get a late round TKO, round four or five. It's going to be Cyril Gunn basically shoving him over because he's so exhausted that he can't even stand up and retain power anymore. And, and new. Yeah, and new. So what you Here should you do, go. guys, is bet on a first round KO for Francis Ngannou because. My, my bets and my predictions are terrible. But that, that, that's honestly, when I look at both fighters, I do, I do like both of them. It, I sound like I'm a massive Francis Ngannou hater. I'm really not. I, I actually, I, I love watching the guy fight and he's so much fun, but yeah. I cannot pretend that I don't see the glaring problems in his technical kind of ability. There's a reason his coach didn't push him to be a heavyweight boxer. Yeah, There is a reason for that, honestly. It's like, cause like he was like, your your striking's more than good enough for MMA. Heading to that, mate.
0: We'll see, man. I'm looking forward to watching it, though. I, 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 it's an exciting heavyweight. No matter what the sport, heavyweight jujitsu, heavyweight boxing, heavyweight MMA. It's just more fun. It's so much fun to see these two fucking testosterone monsters get in there and just fight. Very excited, man. I love talking fights with you. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, where can people find you? What are you doing? Where are you?
1: Well, I am the Burt Locker on YouTube. And uh, yeah, basically I put out two shows a week. I do my midweek uh, wrap-up show and I do my fight picks on a Friday. The fight picks are always on the Patreon first. So you can get your fight picks in on a Friday. And uh, they're just fun bets, really. Like I said, I always say, like, if you're trying to get rich betting on, on MMA, you're, you're, you need a lot of capital and you need to bet on the favorite every time. And and don't bet on variables. I bet on all the variables. I basically don't take that advice. I bet on all the variables. I basically put down bets that are more or less impossible to to actually come off. But I keep those stakes low, and they're a bit of fun. they it's fun betting. Yeah, you know, you know I often laugh at myself because if you can't if you can't laugh at yourself, you know what I mean. And oh yeah. Well, one of the most fun things actually is breaking down how wrong all my bets went <laughs> like on the Wednesday. That's some of the things that I get the most laughs out of because I'm just like, well, yeah, you know. That that was it. You know, that was a shit take on that fight, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah.
0: it's like think... son and He does the, the the curse of Chael, where That's he fight, gets all yeah. f- all the predictions wrong.
1: I do have a similar curse, it seems. But it's just like I said, and, you know, I'm, I watch a lot of fights. It's like you know, yeah. I, I, I don't want to say I know what I'm talking about, but I do. I, I've been watching MMA a long time. I do spot things. I do have some kind of insight, be it a good one. It, that that remains to be seen uh but yeah so that's that's all on youtube i I am the Locker on patreon as well uh there is like i said the early access to the pics on patreon there is going to be more content coming onto the patreon soon but it's just a very nice way for people to show their support because it's like literally one pound a month it's a flat fee and it's like it's buying me like you know a can of coke every month you'd do that wouldn't you you know man coke every month for me is yeah delicious (laughs) diabetes in a can
0: there you go wonderful And if you're a fan of my podcast, like, share, subscribe, rate, review, Spotify, Apple uh, pi, Apple Pod, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes. What what should I say there? I always get oh, I the two mixed up. With the same fucking thing.
1: Yeah, I'm on anchor. The audio one is on Anchor. So, oh, but that goes out to Spotify and everything.
0: Yeah, And yeah. I have,
1: I have, I have three listens a week on that one. And they're all from Dallas. For some reason.
0: There you go. I don't know why. Dallas. I've got, I've got two fans in Pakistan, bro. I, I've got to keep my... You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to keep them going. Keep them going. There you go. Uh, Bert, I love talking fights with you, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, it's been my
1: pleasure.
0: So basically what you're saying is Dana White's a scumbag and he needs to give away all his money. That's what I got from this.
1: In, in an ideal world, yeah. In an ideal world, or in an ideal world, not just Dana White, but literally all of the billionaires... Would just because you could wipe out world hunger, you could wipe out homelessness with a, if every bi- if every billionaire went down to a single billion, you could end poverty. Oh yeah, end it, right? And so you know, Dana, the rest of you guys, step there's up. A,
0: there's a reason Jeff Bezos went to space during a pandemic, bro.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. I there right.
0: you go, man. <clears throat> Jesus. Frog in my throat. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Bert, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining me again, thank man. Thank you very T- much. Till the next time.